Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another edition of Book Club. This month, we are reading uh, E.B. Zaboy's 2019 novel, Pride, a Pride and Prejudice remix, which, yes, is a take on Pride and Prejudice in our modern day with Black and Afro-Latinx characters. Um, the author also draws on personal experience. Uh, she grew up in Bushwick, which is a big part of where the story takes place, uh, and has Haitian roots, like the main character. So I'm very, very excited about this because I have never read Pride and Prejudice. I have what? not Wait, seen. Did we not do Pride? We, oh, yes, we did, we did the persuasion. other one. Yeah, because it was much shorter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm about to back up and make you read Pride and Prejudice now. I'm annoyed. <laughs> I, didn't I love this. And I know you have strong opinions about like the film and TV adaptations. Yes, I do. Ad- I have lots of opinions. Yes, so I'm very, very excited. This is going to be fun because I'm going to I'm going to break down the plot of the book, and then I'm going to ask Samantha to tell me the comparison. <laughs> 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 I'm very, very excited. Also, I really want to read Zavoy's other other works. So uh, we had kind of a list of what we were choosing for this month, and she had another one on there that I really wanted to do because she's written a graphic novel on Octavia Butler. She's also written for Marvel's Black Panther. She did a whole thing about Okoye coming to the United States. So hopefully we can come back um, in the future. So Mm -hmm. when we were talking about books for this month, I forgot about this, but I had seen someone, I think, post it uh, or talking about this book and her doing it. I was so excited. So when Annie reminded me, like, hey, this is an option, I was like, oh, yes, 
immediately, yes, we need to do this one because uh, I love good adaptations anyway. Um, <laughs> and I do. I, this was a good adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. And before we start, let's do a quote from the author about the original. Yes as we all have to give homage to. Uh, Thank you to the great literary figure Jane Austen for writing and publishing Pride and Prejudice in 1813 amidst everything that was happening in her world at the time. Austen gifted us with a story about not only love, but class, expectations, and a woman's place in the world, even as she, a woman in 19th century England, had the audacity to write, observe, and speak truth to power with such wit, humor, and grace. And that's what I have to keep telling, like, one of my good guy friends. We read this, we had a small, like, three-person book club, um, and this was, I think, at the beginning of our book, book club, because we had to talk about the fact that, yes, people think of it as a women's uh, romance today, and knowing that in 1813, she was talking about being single and daring to choose who to love and marry, and really, like, giving it back to society and, and having a conversation about the fact that she could talk back and did talk back uh, to anyone and everyone, including, you know, people who are of uh, royal uh, heritage. So it was really lovely. And the fact that she was such an icon in that level um, that she dare speak her opinions. Gotta give kudos. So this book was genius. Yes. And I believe I saw today some... I've seen it before, but like a viral post where someone was like, just remember, Jane Austen was self-published. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she also, you know, I got to say it, she was one of the first, she had fan fiction writers of her work. <laughs> so it was a very, like, consequential work. Um, and this was a very fun update of it, even though I haven't read the original, so I got a different experience. But um, <laughs> got to correct that. <laughs> I love it. I'm ready. But okay, I'm going to run through the plot of this this book real quick. So it centers on Afro-Latina teenager and proud Bushwick resident, Zuri Benitez. Uh, She grew up in an apartment with her parents and her sisters and a sort of matchmaker named Madrina. Zuri is extremely proud and fond of her neighborhood. She's outspoken about any gentrification. She's also worried, excited about the possibility of attending historically Black University, Howard University in Washington, D.C. So the novel begins with the family preparing for the return of the oldest sister, Janae, who has been away at Syracuse um, and is the first in the family to go to college. So at the same time, a once broken down house across the street has gotten a massive makeover, further stoking Zuri's concerns about gentrification and a rich black family with the last name Darcy moves in. And uh uh-oh, the two black boys about Zuri's age are hot. (laughs) They're real hot. The girls go to introduce themselves just as Janae arrives, and it's clear Janae has a connection with Ansley, one of the Darcy brothers. Zuri is resistant to to these connections, uh, to the connection between Ansley and Janae in particular, because she doesn't want to lose what little time she has with her sister. And thinking that these boys will never understand where they as a family comes from. So... Zuri is immediately turned off by the closed-off Darius Darcy. She's just like, this guy's no good. I don't like him. A lot of drama unfolds. Uh, Zuri's family throws regular block parties for the community, and Darius seems to look down his nose at the whole thing. Zuri pretty much chaperones a date with Janae and Ansley, still not approving of this match, but ends up with Darius after the two go their own way um, and they spar about their differences in class and experience with Zuri informing him he could never understand 
And through this, she meets a guy named Warren, who she views as more hood, and goes with him in a seeming attempt to prove a point and perhaps make Darius jealous. Zuri agrees to chill uh, with Warren, refraining from saying that they are going on dates. Uh, Warren tells her that he and Darius used to be friends and implies that Darius sort of romanticized hood life. Um, Warren won a scholarship as a child to a fancy private school where Darius was going, but eventually he grew bored of it and it got him suspended somehow. The story's kind of murky. And this only solidifies Zuri's opinions of Darius. Like, okay, I knew it. Then the Benitez family is invited to the Darcy's for a fancy cocktail party. Uh, And at this party, Darius overhears Zuri's younger sister basically joking about wanting to bag a rich man. Um, And then Darius goes to speak with his brother Ansley, who then breaks up with Janae, leaving her heartbroken, which only further enrages Zuri. She and Warren have another chill hangout thing, uh, something she is pretty much trying to hide from her very, very nosy family, a very when-you-gonna-get-a-man family. And they're texting regularly by this point, her and Warren. Um, Zuri admits to Janae she is worried about her future, about leaving Bushwick for Howard. Um, what if she doesn't like it? So Janae purchases her a round-trip ticket uh, on a bus so she can visit the campus. Zuri immediately loves it there and is unashamed of how much she wants to get in. Uh, when she learns one of the professors performs at a local place called Busboy and Poets, she goes and performs one of her poems. The whole book is kind of interspersed with her poems. Um, only, surprise, surprise, Darius is there uh, with his younger sister and his uptight friend, uh, Carrie, who Zuri believes he is dating. Georgia convinces Zuri to come with them to get chili dogs, and then Darius offers her a ride back to Bushwick that night. Zuri reluctantly agrees since she has now missed her return bus. Um, However, this means a lobster dinner (laughs) with the paternal Darcy grandmother who interrogates Zuri and judges her and her neighborhood. Uh, Zuri, like, fights right back (laughs) and (laughs) furiously calls her out uh, and decides to take the later bus instead of going back with Darius, but he basically forgets uh, to drive her to the bus stop. (laughs) They argue about music. He tells her that he was glad she stood up to his grandmother, and eventually they stop to get a bite to eat, where he tells her he is very impressed with her, and one thing leads to another, and they kiss. Um, Zuri is feeling more laid back with Darius until they get closer to Bushwick, and Darius judges Warren. Um, I'm feeling like he once again proved her right. Zuri agrees to meet with Warren the next day, only to get a frantic string of texts from Darius telling her that Warren had taken sexy pictures of his sister when she was underage and ruined her reputation, basically, which is why she was living with her grandmother. So once again, furious, Zuri ends it with Warren then and there and agrees to start over with Darius. So she and Darius go on a kind of a not date where they talk about everything and anything, generally have a good time, good enough that she agrees to go on a real date with him to a party. However, Zuri feels out of place and abandoned at this party. Um, it's mostly rich white people, and she doesn't like how Darius acts around them. She has an argument with him, and then they agree to leave, only to turn back after she sees a picture of her younger sister uh, on social media at the party with Warren. Um, so they immediately turn around and find her sister wasted, but okay, um, 
Carrie had made sure that the same thing that had happened to Derry's sister didn't happen to Zuri's sister. After a confrontation with Lauren, Darius fighting, <laughs> like a real fight, Zuri yelling. Uh, they go back to the Darcy household so Zuri's younger sister can sober up before they return home. Darius shows her around. They have some heart-to-hearts about judgment and being wrong about each other, and then they kiss again. Sirens across the street break the moment. Uh, the woman who lived on the lower floor, Madrina, who Zuri often went to for advice, uh, had died. And with her gone, Zuri's father agrees to sell the apartment, much to Zuri's heartbreak. So they move to a place with more space, but it is more quiet. It's not as neighborly. Janae gets back with Ansley. Darius revealed he had been the one to convince him that he should break up with Janae. Uh, And it's implied he's the one that convinced him he was wrong about the whole thing. Zuri keeps dating Darius and visits him in her old neighborhood where he... The artist that he is has put their initials in the concrete, saying that they'll be forever. She finishes her college essay. And that's about the end. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, Samantha. (laughs) Yes. Tell me, give me some comparison notes. She did great. She followed along with it perfectly. Now, when it's a new rendition, I don't expect it to be the same. If you're telling me you're taking a movie from the book and then there's already an amazing movie and then you up the movie, I'm going to be pissed. AKA the version with Keira Knightley. Hate it. Hate it to this day. Hate (laughs) it always. But it's okay. Whatever. Uh, But when you have new renditions, now I've never read the, I think we had a long conversation when we were talking about Pride and Prejudice in general. I didn't read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I was told that I should read that. So I think we may have to do like some features on both. Maybe we should do Pride and Prejudice and Zombies for like spooky season. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, and then have another comparison because essentially uh, the friend of mine who we read the books together, he was like, no, you should read it. I think you'll enjoy it. It's goofy. It's good. I was like, OK, OK. And I think it turned into a movie, but uh, I'm scared of that anyway. <laughs> but uh, for the comparison, yes, she, of course, had the Darcy's in there. She asked, had the Bennett's, but the uh, the switching of the last name. Um, she did have, of course, several of the key characters in there. We've got Georgiana, which is Georgia here. Uh, She's a lovely sister. We have Colin, who is the cousin um, in the book, and he comes to try to marry one of the sisters to keep the inheritance, essentially, in the home and the estate. Um, And he's an awful person, and everybody tries to avoid. We have the best friend who ends up with Colin. Um, So the flip here is that he is related to um, the mentor, uh, Madrina figure who you it's not uh, that way and she kind of splits two characters because the grandmother in the book and Madrina I think uh, represent kind of one character but like several characters rather uh, but have like overlapping which is, is to be expected. I loved her portrayal of the parents in this one because the parents in the Pride and Prejudice are really kind of like Ugh. like the very beginning is how they how um Elizabeth talks about the fact that uh, the marriage is awful and it's pretense and not to marry someone you don't like. Uh, that's kind of the lesson she learned from her parents. So in this one, she flips it and I really adore it. The relationship with the father is right on with all the books and like loving her daughter, loving his daughter and wanting to protect his daughter. Right on. Loved that. Uh, 
the grandmother in this character would have been the aunt who's trying to uh, match make her sickly daughter to uh, Darcy, but you know everything flips. So she, they do a great job with that. The girlfriend that's not the girlfriend to Darcy is obviously uh, one of the sisters that are awful in the book. So great with that. I think I, I was wondering how they were going to take that whole uh, bad guy Wickham, which is Warren here. Uh, is the bad dude who lies and tries to slander people. But in the actual book, in Jane Austen's book, he actually runs away with the youngest uh, sister, causing a whole scandal because they obviously spent the night together. That's the implication. And if they don't get married, it's a huge scandal. They will all be ostracized, which is the fear of that point in time. Um, But uh, Darcy makes them get married essentially by promising them money and all this stuff. So I was wondering how they handled that situation because obviously for a modern day novel to have a 13-year-old girl run away with like an 18-year-old boy, <laughs> not so great. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like the way she, she flipped that. I like the way they, because I was wondering as the story began and it, Warren was introduced, I'm like, how are they, how is she going to do this? Because that's going to be a real, real sketch. Uh, but the fact that he did the whole photos, which is so like, on point with today and modern technology. I was like, yes, good job. Great job. Great telling of the story. Makes it new, made it interesting. I love the text because in, again, the book, uh, Darcy writes a letter to defend himself and his actions against Wickham. So, like, and she reads it and all these things. So it's it's obviously a play on that, which is which was brilliant in itself. Uh, the fighting. Of course, it also made that same sense. So, yeah, I think the book did a great job. I love the new interpretations. I really was one to see the afterword, I guess, uh, after thought of the, I wanted her to be in college. I wanted to know she yeah. made it to Howard. I, w- I needed to know she was in Howard because uh, <laughs> it kind of just left it as is. Uh, but I think it's fantastic. Again, this taking uh, an adult idea because obviously all this was the societal idea that you had to be married before 20. And if you're not, you're an old spinster because in the book, the uh, Elizabeth is 25. Mm-hmm. So having them being teenagers and flipping it like that was very interesting. Having them sell the house, that was obviously very different and, and, and trying to like raise their situation up, very different as well. Um, but of course, it's on par with the uh, conversations about gentrification in general and just having to adjust to society as it is and what that looks like, especially if something's... Uh, being sold as the building was being sold. It is implied that eventually that the Bennets and Pride and Prejudice would have to move when the father dies. So maybe that was just kind of like a step ahead. But yeah, I think uh, she did an amazing job with this book. She gave it all of its like flowers and giving so much credit to Jane Austen's characters that were developed, but put on great spin and originality to it that I'm like ready to see this as a movie in itself. I'm like, yeah, show me this uh, as a Netflix special for teen dramas. Let's go. I love it. I love that we had such a different experience because, yeah. you know, I was just like, uh, and I really enjoyed it, uh, but I didn't have the same, like, ooh, who is this? How can I compare yeah. them to this? Yes. Um, it was a beautiful, I was like, oh, look at that, look at this. Because, like, the aunt in the book would have been, again, the mentor uh, here and, like, having that different types of religion and, like, coming through. I was like, okay, I like this. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. And it was, 
like you said, I, I too, when I got to the end, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> wait. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> it's sort of just kind of like implied she's going to try to like make this relationship work and hopefully mm. she'll get into Howard. But it does end before you know. Right. And she's in this new neighborhood. So it's it's a lot of like nebulous, like, let's try and see if this works. Right. And it does, once again... I kind of hate this, but it's true. A lot of times we do have to pick shorter books because our schedule's so packed. But it packs a lot in in those, like, 300 pages. (laughs) Right. And it's told really well. And by the way, if you listen to the audio version, which I did, the author gave a lot of kudos to the voice actor because she felt like she hit it right on the head. At one Mm -hmm. point, I will say, my partner was like, is this Cardi B? And I was like, well, she does have that Bronx, New York uh, Latino accent. So I hear what you're saying, but no, this is not Cardi B. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> uh, whoever the, the voice actor was, the Genius. narrator was. She did a great job. <laughs> like Cardi B. It's pretty good. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. So there are a a couple of key themes in this. Uh, but when I was going back over this outline, a lot of them intersect, mm-hmm. uh, which it was true for most of our book clubs. But I was just reading this. and I was like, well, that could fit here and that could fit here. Right. So just keep that in mind. But one of the big ones is gentrification. It starts out with kind of the author, the narrator's thoughts on gentrification. Uh, here's a quote. It's a truth universally acknowledged that when rich people move into the hood, 
where it's a little bit broken and a little bit forgotten, the first thing they want to do is clean it up. But it's not just the junky stuff they'll get rid of. People can be thrown away too, like last night's trash left out on sidewalks or pushed to the edge of wherever all broken things go. What those rich people don't always know is that broken and forgotten neighborhoods were first built out of love. I just can't stress enough like how important this neighborhood is to Zuri and how big a part it is of the book. Right. It has culture. But I just wanted to put in note um, that first line, it's the truth universally acknowledged is a Jane Austen line. So she put that in. Yeah. See, I love this. I'm learning more. (laughs) I love it. And here's another quote that I thought was really pretty. Uh, Anybody who's been in Bushwick long enough is like a musician. And when they leave, we lose the sound. So it's kind of a lot of the the buildup, what makes the neighborhood, the people, the like bodegas and what they sell and all of that stuff. And so part of that is also the community. So they have like these big block parties that all the neighbors know each other. Like it's a very communal connected area uh, neighborhood. So when the Darcy's come in, they kind of disrupt that right. in Zuri's mind, especially when Darius seems to be like, What's I happened? don't like this. <laughs> BT dubs in the book, they have a lot of balls and dances. And this is in its comparison. So when they have the cocktail party Mm -hmm. scene, that is when uh, Bingley is a rich family that comes in. So in the original version, Darcy is a friend of Bingley, and Bingley is the one that's moving in with all the money, which is the one that loves the older sister. But in here we have the siblings instead, so there is no Bingley. Uh, But Bingley finally hosts the party. It's so over-the-top fancy, that, but it's that same level of, like, embarrassment, exact same scene. (laughs) But cocktail party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was very awkward indeed. <laughs> um, I'll also say, like, there was a lot of stuff around food in this um, that I really enjoyed. A lot of descriptions of making food, of sharing food, especially the mother of the Benitez family would just make a ton of food for these parties. And it was very, I was like, oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. The Haitian plus uh, Dominican. Mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. she's like I blend both I was like yes I want that <laughs> where's <sounds> that <laughs> every Saturday pretty yeah. much please someone bring me this <laughs> yes. so here's another quote kind of going off that first one my neighborhood is made of love but it's money and buildings and food and jobs that keep it alive and even I have to admit that the new people moving in with their extra money and dreams can sometimes make things better we'll have to figure out a way to make both sides of Bushwick work So throughout, like I said, she's doing, Zuri is writing these poems and she's trying to figure out her um, essay she's going to submit to get into Howard. And a lot of it has to do with her thoughts on the neighborhood, on gentrification, and then later like on the dudes in her life, also family. But it's like you get to see her work through her thoughts through these like Maybe I'll, she, yeah, at one point she even suggests, like, I'll just send in a bunch of poems to Howard. And her sister is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Janae is like, no, no, no. Don't do that. Um, but it is a cool, like, narrative device where we get to kind of see her raw mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, another theme is family coming of age and all the changes. Uh, here's a quote. 
I recognize that look. It's that same look people used to give us when Mama would get on a crowded train with a double stroller holding the twins, me, Marisol, and Janae with our messy hair, running noses, and each with a bag of chips to keep us occupied while Mama quieted down the babies. It's the look that assumes that Mama is a single mother, that she's on government assistance, that she beats us when she's tired, that we all have different fathers, that we live in the projects, and that we are ghetto. Everybody used to look at us like that. White, black, other mothers with kids who thought they were being responsible by only having two or three. I'd look back at them with defiance and a little pride. A look that says that I love my family. And we may be messy and loud, but we're all together and we love each other. That's when I perfected my Bushwick mean mug. Yeah. Her kind of resistance to change, I think a lot of us can relate to. Because... um, She was scared of it. She was scared. Like, what if I don't like Howard? What if I don't, you know, she, because of these moments where she had been so proud and so protective, and rightfully so, she had formed this, like, well, we can't mess that up. We can't break that up. Like, what will that mean? And, you know, she does go to Howard and she loves it. Um, But it's still kind of frightening. It's still like, well, then what will happen if so long I've kind of defined myself through this, right. <laughs> through like uh, protecting this. Um, so I thought that was a great, uh, a great through line throughout. Here's another quote. He lets go of me and shakes his head. I don't know yet, but we'll find somewhere. This is what happens in life. You take the good with the bad. This money is good. Us leaving is bad, but we're taking it because it's a blessing. So this is what her father says when they have to move out and she's so upset, mm-hmm. which that whole... I mean, moving is terrible. <laughs> moving is terrible in general. If you're moving from a neighborhood that is so important to you and that you have these strong neighborly connections and thoughts about gentrification, and now you've got the guy across the street, which, by the way, that happened to me once when I was young. Not like this. We never worked out, but there was a hot guy that moved across the street. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, <laughs> maybe this oh, is my whole future. You had it a fantasy a, about this, huh? I did. <laughs> you play, he would be outside playing basketball, and I'd be like, oh, my God. Anyway. Neighbors. That wasn't a thing, so. Did you have, like, it was really far apart? I lived in the woods. I still live in the woods, technically. Like, there's <laughs> suburbs around me, but you can't see each other. We're not, we're not walking on the street to go get sugar from each other. There's, <laughs> because it's like a two-lane road in the woods with no lights. Don't go there. <laughs> well, when I first moved to my place, my home that I mostly grew up in, there was nothing. It was, like... Gravel road, nothing. Um, and I wouldn't say it gentrified, but it got like much more crowded. The roads got paved. And so this guy moving across the street was pretty like late in my time having been there. It was mm-hmm. a marked change. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure he was a jerk, so I'm glad it didn't work out. Um, anyway. <laughs> there you go. End of story. That's all you yeah. needed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But then again. Who knows? Given Ooh, no. this story, I could have been being judgmental where I shouldn't have been. <laughs> um, <laughs> you would have had a prejudice. That's right. Uh, here's another quote. I have always thought of Bushwick as home, but in that moment, I realized that home is where the people I love are, wherever that is, yeah. um, which I just loved. Yeah, that's 
good line. Uh, and another one, this college is a lifeboat and a lifeline, but my neighborhood is not flooding or splitting in half. It's being cleaned up and wiped out. It's being polished and erased. So where do I reach back and pull out memories as if they've been safely tucked away into a trunk or an attic like the people on TV who have enough time and too much space? Where do I call home? Where can I place a layer of brick to use as my platform and hold my head up high to raise my voice and my fist? Sometimes love is not enough to keep a community together. There needs to be something more tangible, like fair housing, opportunities, and access to resources. Lifeboats and lifelines are not supposed to just be a way for us to get out. They should be ways to let us stay in and survive and thrive. How that was a great quote, too. Yeah. Um, of, like, not using it to get out, but using it to stay. Right. Also, sisterhood is pretty important throughout this. She does have a lot of sisters. Here's a quote. If Madrina's basement is where the Temboras, Los Espiritus, and old ancestral memories live, then the roof is where wind chimes, dreams, and possibilities float with the stars, where Janae and I share our secrets and plan to travel all over the world, Haiti and the Dominican Republic being our first stop. So yeah, her and Janae have a really close bond. And I again, I really did appreciate kind of the, because I totally get it too, and we've talked about this, when you have a friend, a really close friend, or a sister who is crushing really hard on someone, you have that fear of like, oh, okay, well, our relationship's going to change. I'm not going to see you as much. Um, but her and Janae have a lot of moments where they're on this roof and they just are talking about life and what they want to do, their fears. Um, then later you find out the Darcy's uh, they have kind of a other rooftop situation where they could see <laughs> what was going on <laughs> over there, which I love. Because <laughs> at one point yeah. there's a thrown meatball <laughs> towards right. them. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that was nice because really we broke up with her. How rude. I mean, yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. And their relationship was so sweet. Yeah. Janae well, and Ansley. Yeah. That's how it goes again in mm. the book as well. I feel like I'm loving the name comparisons too, because I yeah. didn't know Bingsley and Ansley. That's pretty. <laughs> yeah, because he just he's just referenced as Darcy. Bingsley is referenced as Bingsley uh, mm. the entire time. You don't know their first name. There's mm -hmm. there's a Fitzgerald who is his cousin that is a sergeant uh, that comes into play. Uh, yeah, and then even Mr. Bennett, who is the father, is just known as Mr. Bennett and mm. Mrs. Bennett. So mm -hmm. that's how we talk to them. We know about William Collins, who was the cousin, and then George Wickham. We do know that it's George Wickham, mm -hmm. uh, but he goes by Wickham the entire time. So it's kind of like eh, the women we know, Miss Elizabeth, <laughs> uh, Miss Mary, who is Marisol, Miss Lydia. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so we have all of those characters as well, mm -hmm. but it's quite funny. But, yeah, they're, they're, she keeps them pretty close in point. Mm-hmm. I'll have to pick your brain about that later. I'm curious if the, is it Lydia? Has mm -hmm. the kind of same like sloppy yes. night out. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sort of. She makes an embarrassment of herself and is flirting and then she runs away with him. So we don't see that. So the comparison mm -hmm. is that like they, they actually just run away as mm -hmm. where, uh, and then you find out later and they're in compromising situations. I mean, they're just 
in a hotel together. Uh, they don't find them in any real... Oh, maybe they do. That's right. not the implication. But um, yeah. but yeah, but like essentially is that. And then she comes back bragging about landing a husband, essentially, and being the first girl to land a husband, which is a big feat. And then mm. being upset a little bit that she didn't have a big wedding. And everybody's like, because we had to get you married in secret or we we're all going to be like cast out of society, which means none of us could get married. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a little different. The consequences were much worse <laughs> for okay. Jane Austen's book. <laughs> wow, this is, I can't wait to check this out. All right. Uh, still, still devastating, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad it worked out how it did in the book. Right, right. Um, yes. Uh, another theme I wanted to touch on uh, is kind of the theme of education. Janae being the first in her family to go to college. Zuri being so into reading books and writing and poetry. And now I know that was a theme in the original Jane Austen work, but that was something that she shared with her father. Yeah. Yes. So, like the reading, the love reading. So, he in Jane Austen, uh, Mr. Bennett would say that he had <laughs> the young girls and they had heads. <laughs> <laughs> among them, but like that they were the silliest girls that they have he had ever known because they all mm-hmm. prattled about prattled yeah, I said it about uh, men and boys and and that was it. And the only ones that he could stand that had any good sense, as he would say, was the two oldest. But Jane was too kind, and Elizabeth was at least you know sarcastic, and he enjoyed that. But we don't see that favoritism in the book, which I do appreciate. But yeah, so uh, here's a piece. Uh, Read to travel, Papa always said. Every book is a different hood, a different country, a different world. Reading is how I visit places and people and ideas. And when something rings true, or if I still have a question, I outline it with a bright yellow highlighter so that it's lit up in my mind, like a light bulb or a torch leading the way to somewhere new. It's usually enough to make me forget I've barely left Bushwick. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting because there was this piece where... Janae and um, Zuri's father were kind of like, you know, it is great here, but there are other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zuri kind of being resistant to it because, again, she's really protective of this neighborhood. She loves this neighborhood. She's afraid of how it will change when she leaves. She's afraid of gentrification, um, rightfully so. But her family is kind of like, well, go see. Just mm-hmm. go see. There's other things. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, is like that coming of age story of that I feel like that's really relatable Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing that is a big theme in the book is class this is definitely throughout her interactions Zuri's interactions with the Darcy family I particularly was shocked with what happened with the grandmother when she met her because it kept implying like maybe it would go fine and then it really didn't go fine (laughs) Okay, I was wondering if you would thought the same thing with that, with no perspective of uh, Pride and Prejudice, because I was waiting for it to get better, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking that she was, especially when there was mention of Howard, maybe she wasn't an alumni and was going to like really get, uh, you know, get in with Mm -hmm. her for the, nope, nope, it was, I was like, no. So she she truly was the auntie character who was judgmental and doesn't, and kept bringing up the other girl, Carrie, um, which, again, that's not a, like, I guess Carrie represented three characters in one 
from the original between the sickly daughter uh, who she wanted Darcy to end up with or um, the sisters who were mean, uh, Bingley's sisters who were mean to all of them just kind of stood uh, liked Jane a little bit because grandmother really preferred Carrie. Uh, to yeah. her. So, like, I was like, oh, okay, grandmother's not a good guy. I, I really thought she was going to be better than this, but I was wrong. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because even in the book, the aunt who is uh, rooting for Darcy to marry someone else, for a while, likes Elizabeth to the point that she wants her to stick around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she hates Elizabeth when she finds out that Darcy was thinking about marrying her. So, but, yeah, so I was not expecting, I was expecting to turn around too, just because of the book, not necessarily because of the writing. I was kind of expecting because Georgia seemed to be such a genuine character, she, which yeah, I th- which I get. Like now that I've read it, I'm like, okay, I don't, I wouldn't call her naive, but I think she was just like hopeful, and it didn't go that way, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. But she, they, because of her and Darius, like less or so, but they were both like, no, sh- sh- it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Right. And I kind of was trusting, like, they wouldn't lead her astray, which maybe is just another example of class where they just, right. in their heads, it's not as big of a deal. Right. They're but used to, to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I will say Carrie's character, even though she was a snob, didn't end as bad as I thought it would. So I was like, okay, yeah. not so I, bad. Yeah. She's not so bad. She's jealous, and I can see why she's jealous, but, huh. I was I was kind of confused <laughs> while she was around, but I did like, because she goes from being like a very jealous, not nice at all, to I wouldn't say like nice, but she did watch out for yeah. Zuri's sister. She did kind not. Kind of, except for why yeah. was she there and why is she letting Warren alone with him, but her but like okay but like yeah. she wasn't trying to mess anything up or purposely trying to do anything bad no she was just not happy with the situation <laughs> she, just didn't care. she made it clear snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. 
Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. So here's a quote I wanted to read. So this is kind of a a back and forth uh, that happens uh, between Zuri and Darius. You know, Zuri, sometimes I'm baffled by how judgmental you are, Darius says, taking one hand off the steering wheel. I side-eyed him. Baffled? I should be the one who's baffled. And you, Darius Darcy, are the walking definition of judgmental. I'm not judgmental. I'm just an excellent judge of character. You fall short in that department. Character. So you judged my sister's character. Yes, I did. And she's cool, he says. If you need some tips on how to accurately judge a person's character, just let me know. Whew. (laughs) Back and forth. Oh, my. (laughs) This is a similar conversation in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, that's a good... Because, like, halfway through, it's interesting when you're reading something from one person's point of view... And you're like, yeah, yeah. And then halfway through, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. She's kind of being judgy too. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. it but I get it. It yeah. totally makes sense why she is. Yeah. But it's just funny because I re- I think it was like halfway in and I was like, wait. <laughs> 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 Which, yes, kind of related. Another big theme is reputation in this book. Here's a quote. I want to say the same thing, that I don't care about my reputation, but I do because I already have one. All my sisters do. We have to be careful about who we fall for, especially me and Janae. Just because guys from around the way like us, even if we don't give them no play, it's still easy for them to talk shit about us. Poppy is watching us, but so is the rest of the neighborhood. And then later, don't let your pride get in the way. Which I thought this was interesting because I think it did a really good job of examining reputation on a lot of levels, like reputation in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. like representing your neighborhood and what you think that is and then reputation and like uh, your family. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just w- a lot of layers of reputation that was looked at. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, this is kind of, uh, we've been talking about all this stuff all along, but love and money. <laughs> love <laughs> and money. Again, I did think the like hot neighbor moving in, that was really funny in the beginning where all of the girls were like, let's go meet them. <laughs> um, here is a quote. And there are two ways to examine the institution of marriage, Marisol begins, in the whole room size, because she's about to spill out a series of facts, numbers, and statistics that all have to do with the thing she loves most in the world, money. It can either mean that marriage is the false notion that love is forever and a woman is left to depend on her husband for financial support, or that two incomes are better than one. Love is abstract. Money is not. And I thought, like, even when I was reading this, I was like, this is such an interesting take on what I bet happened in Jane Austen's version. (laughs) So in Jane Austen, it's about religion. Um, And she is very scholarly and does not care for frivolous things, uh, Mary. Because she is also all about quotes and books, and but she does a lot of biblical. And when I say biblical, I'm going to go like very Protestant, very uh, learned 
book, mm. you know, biblical level of that. So she's very into religion in that mm-hmm. term. Um, she actually has a crush on Colin, the cousin. And she was the only one of all of them who wanted to get married, but she's was seen as dowdy, I guess, oh. and somewhat boring. I feel like there was a character like that in Persuasions, wasn't there? <laughs> yes. But she also, like, plays the piano in uh Pride and Prejudice, and she doesn't play it well, but she thinks she's amazing at it. Oh. And so she'll try to perform, and everybody's like, <laughs> really wishing she would stop, essentially. So she's a scholarly one, I guess, like, but just really boring, but only speaks up to tell facts or, like, uh. to correct a situation or something. <laughs> she's kind of the, the sad sack of the bunch. Ah, I see. I see. Um, I just thought it was interesting, kind of this, like, the breaking down of the love and the money. Like. I mean, she's not wrong. But she kind of does that in every way. Like when she's talking about the fact that Lydia is ruined and then she brings in the back of how we're all ruined and she's done this. And of course we're, we're going to be like, she, they're like, can you stop? <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> we get right. it. We get it. We're screwed. Stop this. <laughs> oh, how interesting. Yes. Yeah. There's also a lot of themes of jealousy throughout, um, which I thought I, I really appreciated it in terms of you know in our modern times with like the texting and he hasn't texted back or Mm -hmm. like wait what what does this mean um and kind of like making Darius jealous with Warren um like that kind of being in the back of Zuri's mind anyway um so that was definitely present in their Messy courtship, I guess I'll call it. (laughs) 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 But definitely throughout also, yeah, the pressure to find a man, uh, her family. I would say, like, they wouldn't, they would, they kind of would be like, get a move on. But it was more that they were like, she wouldn't bring Warren to her, like, stoop. Yeah. uh, Because she didn't want her whole family to know about it. They're going to be (laughs) real nosy. Yes, and then when she was coming back with Darius in the car from Washington, D.C., she had to tell them, and they were very nosy on <laughs> <all the> questions. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so in the book, obviously, the mother is all about getting all the children off married and getting... And she's she's also ridiculous uh, of a character, very, very um, made to be that way. But the way that the mother in this one, obviously, she is much love, more loving and, like, a little more... Uh, fierce and independent and mm-hmm. not so much about that but the the whole like little smiling and trying to get them together and trying to be them get them alone or allow them to be alone was definitely like a ploy also in the book so like she she does a great job in representing i think she did a great job in representing these characters but not making them look caricaturish unlike yeah. like even though pride and prejudice was an old like ridiculously big classic it still made the characters look caricaturish uh in a mm-hmm. way that you were like yeah the moms, if there was a villain, mom would not be a villain, but she's the foil. <laughs> right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm that, glad that that wasn't the case for this one because it's so over the top that you just like, how much do you dislike your mother? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And mo- I, I feel like most of the characters were very likable. Like, yeah. And the ones you weren't supposed to like, I didn't really hate. I just was right. like, ugh. So I I liked that and I did we didn't really go into it much but I did like at the um kind of the clash of cultures at the cocktail party when the mother shows up with all of those the foods yeah at the, <laughs> and the Darcys are clearly like oh, we have what catering is this? essentially okay. 
it was a really it was a really enjoyable read. I think, you know, even for me who hasn't read it, I enjoyed it. I loved hearing the comparisons. I can't wait to read the original. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make you read, read the original soon. But yeah, it's a great standalone. You don't need it. It, yeah. it is though. It is uh, kind of an homage to the. Pride and Prejudice, and it is a retelling. It's it is a great standalone book. It has a lot of great quotes. The poetry is quite lovely, as well. I really did enjoy all of that. I was like, this is good. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder when people write things like this. I'm like, did you do the poetry first? And you're like, I'm gonna do a book with this because I've thought about that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes because they are great standalone poems as is, mm-hmm. as well. So yes, book ten out of ten. Everybody should read. I loved it. I thought it was great. Highly recommend, and I'm looking forward to maybe a Pride and Prejudice miniseries. Yeah, it's happening now. We're <laughs> going there now. I'm going to do a whole thing. You're going to have to watch the new book. I don't want to, but the new one, and I'm going to make you watch the BBC series. We're oh, doing it. I am into it. You don't have to twist we my might arm. Just, again, like, come back to Bridget Jones' diary as well. <laughs> because yes. that is also a rendition of that. Oh no! Did you I not know, know that? that? No. You didn't know that, girl. No. Okay. Uh, yes, Bridget Sorry, Jones' I, diary. I That's like why you, Darcy is in there, I, and his I, I name feel like is Wickham that. Publishing, which is Wickham. <laughs> oh dear, I have a lot to learn. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the br- the guy who plays Bingsley is a very like has a minor character. Like he has one line, and he's in there. And I was like, Bingsley, what are you doing here? <laughs> I probably was just like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> so, I can't, all right. I, I, I had to have given you all the like tidbits to that because there's no way I would have let you go. I, I feel like you definitely told me about okay. Colin Firth. And, yeah, I, there's no way I would have let you go on with like throughout being like, this is this, this is this, this is this. And mm-hmm. it also starts with a, uh, with the line, is the truth universally acknowledged? Mm. It starts with that line as well. Hmm. Well, now I know. Now you know. You're opening my world. <laughs> we gotta try this. We're coming back. We're coming back. The I'm, classics. I'm excited too. I think it'll be great. <laughs> well, this was super fun. This was a great pick. Uh, definitely check it out, listeners. And I would love. I really do want to check out uh, some of this author's other works. I think that mm-hmm. they sound fascinating. We have to, yeah. But in the meantime, if you have any thoughts about this or any suggestions. Uh, you can email us at stephaniemomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Steph Never Told You. Uh, we have a tea public store and we have a book wherever you get your books. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Steph Never Told You's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. 
celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.